Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, so we're back on the fan. Salicata Marco Belletti is in for this segment. And we welcome in J.J. John Jastrzemski. Him and I were just yelling at each other over at SNY a few years, a few hours ago. How are you, J.J.? Well, Sal, I, my voice is hanging in. Uh, I, I got the waterworks with Beheim's retirement. I'm watching the 30 for 30 on the Big East now because I'm up at 2 in the morning. And I have way too many bets for tomorrow's college basketball. Aside from that, everything's okay. What's up, pal? You're, you're an animal with the bets. We got Marco sitting in here, JJ, so we'll have some fun talking What's up, here. JJ? Oh, Marco, one of the best. Miss you, buddy. How are you? You too, man. Start with the uh, Bayheim stuff. We were just talking about it. I mean, 47 years. What are you hearing inside? I know you still talk to people at Syracuse, all that stuff. I mean, he, he was pushed out, basically, right? That's the sense I get. You heard Jim Beham a month ago. The guy seemed defiant that he was going to coach as long as he wanted to continue to coach. But one thing I noticed, guys, is over the last couple of weeks, his tune kind of changed a little bit. It changed. Maybe it's because the team played really poorly down the stretch of the year. Maybe it's coming to some of the embarrassing press conferences, whatever the case may be. I got a sense they have like the whole 20th year anniversary of the Mello team and the only championship they have uh, in his tenure. And it seemed like that was going to be it for him. I don't know why. I just had a phony feeling that this was going to be the end of the road for Jim Behan. And it's not the greatest ending. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I mean, they were a bad team the last two years. They're not the same standard of cues that they once were. But you guys know this. Joe Torre had a lousy ending. Tom Coughlin had a lousy ending. Don Shula had a lousy like that. Unfortunately, that sometimes is the way it goes. And I think in ten years or even five years, I don't think anybody's going to look back on the end for Jim Beheim when they think about forty-seven years in Syracuse. I mean, the guy was think about this: the guy was coaching Syracuse. Gerald Ford was the president of the United States. Just let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> Gerald freaking Ford. I heard that one already in the SOI newsroom. So, no, But, J.J., hang on a second, though. Did you feel like he knew that the writing was coming and this was whatever that bizarre press conference that was today? Was that the Hail Mary that he was trying to see if Syracuse would give him one more olive branch in one more year? Is that what he was trying to accomplish? That's a really good question. I don't think so, though, Marco. Gut feel. I don't think so. To me, I think he knew, hey, guess what? I'm out here. Um, I think the whole weekend and the nostalgia of everything that the 2003 team brought to the table. I, personally, Marco, I think he's known now for about two weeks or so that it's probably going to be it. No, I and get I that, think, but then, then why the nonsense with, are you retiring? Well, I didn't say that. Then why go uh, through I'm that gonna, dance? I'm going to tell you why, Marco, because that's Behan. Whether you like him or not, he's not a transparent guy with some of this stuff. He likes to play games. He likes to fool around with the media. At times, he could be very abrasive with the media. Like, he was never going to be one of these guys that got the quote-unquote, you know, retirement tour. That's just not Jim Beheim. Like, it just was never going to be a thing. He's not the same sort of warm and cuddly figure that Mike Krzyzewski is. But 
No, I, personally, I think he knew going into this game this was it. How That's about, my gut. How about you, JJ? Personally, uh, obviously went to Syracuse broadcasting program and all that stuff. Give me a good story or any interaction that you may have had with Bayheim over the years. Um. All right. So I got two. The first time I ever had him on, I was so freaking nervous. <laughs> like so nervous. Like, and this was. I'm trying to think. It was in person. I don't know if it was – no, it was out of college. It was at some point when I was at the radio station, and I was just, you know, getting an interview. It was like one of those media days, and I'm, like, shaking. Like, literally, my <laughs> arm is, like, shaking because I know how tough he is with the media. He's scolding me plenty of times. But, like, this is one. I'm, like, I'm doing this one-on-one, like, my arm's shaking. He looks at me, he goes – Sure, I'm all right. I'm, and I noticed that my Bayheim is a little bit like a Mark Chernoff. I guess that there are some similarities there. Uh, just they, they sound similar. What can I say? Legends. But you know that was one where I was like, and then once that happened, the interview was great. Um, but the other one I would have, guys, is I asked the question. I want to say about Georgetown Syracuse, and. They just, he just was so, I, I don't even remember what he said. I wish I could find the audio. He was just so dismissive of the question. Like, it was just like, everyone like looks at you, you get the eye rolls, you know. But the main media members at Syracuse would get those. So when you were a student, it was almost like a badge of honor when Jim Beheim would either berate a question of yours or <laughs> give you a dirty look. It was, and in all seriousness, you know, like, I know it gets a lot of attention. Oh, you should be doing that to kids, blah, blah, blah. You know what my answer to that is? It made you a better interviewer. It made you better at asking a question. I don't think that was his design. I don't think that's what he was thinking in the moment. If they lose a bad game and you ask him a question, he doesn't want to answer. But when you're 20 and 21 years old and, you know, you're dealing with a Hall of Fame coach and you're peppering a question like that, it's like, all right, I asked a bad question. What do I have to do differently? Like, there's something to that. Now, what about as they move forward now? We know Adrian Autry takes over. JJ, in your mind, do you feel like this will somewhat help recruiting? Do you think Bayheim lost some of that? Do you think maybe some of the down years for Syracuse was he can't reach the younger players? Is there anything to that? Well, I do think the recruiting took a hit when they lost Mike Hopkins, who's coaching at Washington now. And Hopkins was... Beheim's like lieutenant forever. Everyone thought he was going to get the job a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I would say we'll find out in about a month or two, Marco. They got a bunch of freshmen. Do they keep all those freshmen? Do they actually exploit the NIL to their advantage, which is what a school like Syracuse should be doing? I think he wanted no part of it. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's the old school coach in him. And, you know, we've seen that now. Think about it, guys. The last three years. Roy Williams, Krzyzewski, Jay Wright, Behan. So there's definitely something to a lot of these coaches not wanting to have to deal with the cesspool that is the NIL. But I would hope so, Marco. It's Syracuse. Listen, it's Central New York. It's freezing cold. I don't know why I went to school there for two or three months. It's great. I'm proud Syracuse alum, but it's freezing up there in the wintertime. That's something you got to combat. But that tradition and what they've had with that program for years should mean something. JJ, the last one on Bayheim here before we get into some college hoops. I know you get lines on everything here. Uh, like, what's the over under? Do you think on Bayheim? Uh, you know, surviving this now. Like, can we expect a death at some point soon? Because usually these guys have been there for forty seven years. 
I mean, a lot of times, you, these, you know, I hate to say it, but that's all he does. What the hell is he going to do with himself? You think he's, you know, if I had, a, if I put a number like, let's say, five and a half, you're going over, under, Bayheim lives at, through that. Oh, man. I'm going to go over because he's in really good shape. And, Sal, you know what he's got going for him? He loves to golf. Ah, so there you go. He's doing a lot right. of that. I can guarantee you this. I'd probably he take the under. He's his winners in Central New York. That's for sure. <laughs> Hey, Jesu, let me ask you one more. With, the, uh, with with Autry and that staying inside the program or whatever, are we 2 3 zone for Syracuse for life? Is that like NWO? Is this like, is this staying for life? I sure hope not, Marco. <laughs> and you know me. Listen, I was always one of the biggest proponents of them running that 2 3 zone. And listen, the success in the tournament and teams not being prepared for it, it showed. But basketball's changed. You know, we're dealing with that Steph Curry generation so how many kids grew up watching Steph Curry and they're like yeah I want to be able to hit three-point shots from the parking lot from half court from the other side of the court whatever the case may be they want to do that you shoot through his own their defensive metrics went to tank the last three to four years so yeah I'd get out of that two three zone unless you are going to recruit players that are way better suited for it I don't think you can play it exclusively I think you can play it some of the time you can't play it every single play on every single possession because hot shooter, they're going to find space in the zone. They're going to bang threes. Case Sa- closed. Sal Licata here talking with John Jastrzemski. Marco Belletti sitting in for the interview as well as we have some fun with our old pal JJ. All right, dude, I know you got lots of action loaded up coming up later on today. I have no idea. This is where I start to learn. I don't know about you, Marco. I'm starting to learn about college hoops now over the last couple of days. I'll get into it here with the conference tournaments, with the NCAA tournament selection Sunday. Educate us, J.J., on what we should be looking out for later on this afternoon. Listen, let me give you guys some advice. As someone who's not I, – I watch college basketball, but I'm not Rothstein. I'm not one of these guys that's going to be able to recite seven, eight guys on every single roster. You know, we got a lot of things cooking. You do, I do, Marco, we all, all right. do. Now, that bores us to tears anyway. We just want the surface stuff. <laughs> no, Where's our money going? <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'll I give you the surface stuff. Without hesitation, bet numbers. When you see teams that are ranked, that are public, that are obvious, and lines are moving against them, play that. Use that to your advantage. I'll give you an example today, Sal. Wisconsin, they were on the quote-unquote bubble, right? They were an underdog against Ohio State, who stinks. They're five games under 500. they They've had a rotten season. But yet when I'm looking at the betting lines today, Ohio State is favored going into the game. That was when I circled. I said immediately, I am betting the Ohio State Buckeyes. Doesn't make sense. I'm going to take it. Away you go. There are a couple like that tomorrow. Kansas, who everybody's going to say, national champs, great team, great coach, playing the Big 12 in Kansas City. They're only a three-point favorite against West Virginia. That's the sort of stuff, like the lines that kind of seem too good to be true with a lot of those public teams, I like going the other way. And then with these favorites, sometimes if you like a favorite, like, I'll give you an example. Miami tomorrow. I think Miami's going to win the game. Do I think Miami's going to cover the number? Not necessarily. I'll throw them in a two-team money line parlay. And I know that could be square from time to time, but if you take two or three favorites you like, it's a winning formula. Now, Jay Jalaska, again, you're not being an insider or any of that, but some of the local flavor. Rutgers, big game with Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. Where are the Scarlet Knights getting into the tournament? What do they have to do? I know the Big Ten's all kind of muddled up in the middle of the conference. What does this game do for Rutgers, and what do they need to do to make the tournament? Well, they better win tomorrow, Marco. <laughs> they don't win tomorrow. Forget it. 
And, and you guys could blame me because I had Pike on the podcast about a week and a half ago, and then it was the Minnesota, and it was the Northwestern. So, sorry, Coach. It wasn't me. Oh, I you jinxed him. You jinxed the Rutgers. So, now, listen, put That's your it. blame. Now, what did I say? The send the voicemail. The tournament is over. You send the voicemails <laughs> to JJ. Exactly. You jinxed <laughs> Rutgers. How dare you? <laughs> oh, man. Yes, I did, baby. I might have. I might take the, the onus for that one. No, I'm just kidding. They need to win. Here's the problem, guys. They can't score. They're an unbelievable defensive team. Rutgers is hideous on offense. That line is three and a half right now. The good news, Rutgers fans, though, and I'm not betting this game tomorrow. This is actually now a stay away from me. I told Freaks I liked Michigan. I told Sal earlier today I liked Michigan. I got cold feet now. Kempom, which is this metric site. If you're into college basketball, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you don't, there's this guy, Kempom. They, everybody uses him now in college basketball. They have, like, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. And why do I bring all this up? They create point spreads. Vegas uses the numbers Kempom puts out, and that's where they kind of base their point spreads. Well, Kempom likes Rutgers. They're only a one-point dog. Yet that line is three and a half. So, Sal, Marco, that gives me – Hope that Rutgers can find a way to win. But I think if they lose tomorrow, they shouldn't be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no way. I was telling JJ in the newsroom before, I am betting Rutgers. Uh, because of exactly what JJ was talking about. Ah, Michigan, everybody thinks that Michigan's going to win the game. They've had no, a Rutgers number. If I bet this game, and I, I might, I mean, i got to remember to do it if I can wake up in time. It's, it's a noon tip, right, yeah. JJ? Yeah, well, you got to bet it now. I mean, I'll give you a second. You're gonna, you like the game? Sal, don't wait. Bet it now. Yeah, bet I know. I'm just afraid to dip back in because I've been out, you know, since the Super Bowl, and now once I get back in, you know, i got a problem. I, I could become... <laughs> well, you gotta ease, you got to ease yourself in responsibly going into next week because this is like the appetizer before the, the main dish next week. You, you know, know, this is like the... This is like the shrimp cocktail and the galama before you have the entree. And for you, your appetizer coming up in a couple weeks, JJ's got his bachelor party in Vegas. Fleegs will be there. Is that right? The way too early JJ bachelor party for the wedding that is in late August. That is correct. You believe that, Marco? JJ and the boys, Fleegs will be there. This is not uh, next weekend, the weekend after? Final, Final four, four weekend, right. Final, Final four. four weekend, opening so day weekend. That. Opening weekend of baseball. We'll have that. Now, I would Final say four, I would we'll want video of this, but I don't think anybody should be taking any video of this. Don't count on it, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to be a, a bleep show, I'm sure. Guys, gambling glory. I don't know if Fleeg's going to make it back. Fleeg, we may have to find a new board op. Fleeg's going to be a producer, I should say. We're going to have to find a new producer. Fleeg's not going to make it back from that one. If I don't I'm make it back, Rosenberg's right definitely not I'm making it back. To the airport. I will do that. I can oblige. <laughs> Um, anybody that we should look out for in, in the Big East tournament uh, or somebody local, J.J., that can make a run in the NCAA tournament when that gets underway? So UConn right now is playing as well as anybody. And UConn has been a team with Hurley, and I like Dan a lot. Dan's a program builder, did it at Wagner, did it at URI. He's doing it now at UConn. But he's got to win in the tournament. He's got to get this UConn team, I think, to the second weekend of the tournament. They got, they got the talent to do so. I mentioned those metrics. They're top 20 offensive and defensive efficiency. They're a four seed. They should be the favorites to win the Big East tournament. Dow, they should be a team that should make some noise. And if they don't, I think it's a bitter disappointment. The Johnnies tomorrow are interesting. They get the win. They've had a very disappointing year. Everybody's talking about Anderson getting fired. I understand the appeal and the love affair with Patino. Patino would come in and it'd be instant 
contenders. They'd be fun to watch. The, the guy's one of the best coaches in the history of the sport. I think they're going to be live against Marquette tomorrow. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I think the idea that they played Wednesday, play again today, maybe could catch Marquette a little bit off guard. I would take the Johnnies to keep that game close. Um, but locally, I think the team we're going to be talking about is UConn because they are legit. You know what it is with UConn? We haven't talked about them in a national spotlight for a while. We haven't talked about them as like a team that's gone on one of those deep runs. That always used to be their MO. They get in the tournament, Kemble Walker, Shabazz Napier, they go and win the whole thing for goodness sakes. This should be a year we're talking about UConn making a deep run. All right, JJ, switching gears a little bit. I know you're close. You know Daniel Jones pretty well, weekly guest with your podcast. Now that the contract is finally done, he gets the four years, he gets $160 million. Giants get their quarterback. Your thoughts on them getting this deal done, and do you think this sets up the Giants moving forward? Do you like this deal? Well, they had to do it, Marco. Listen, what was the alternative for the Giants? Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones played terrific football for them last year. Um, they didn't give him much to work with outside of Saquon Barkley. I mean, he wins a playoff game, he torches the Vikings, and listen, they got thoroughly outclassed by Philadelphia. They have a lot of work to do before they're on the level of the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I think we could all agree on that. But they had to take care of Daniel Jones. I think the good news for everybody involved is they didn't give him the franchise tag, which is good for Daniel Jones. That's also good for the Giants. They need the cap space now. Daniel Jones wants more than a one-year commitment. But what's helpful here is, let's say after the next two years, you're not happy with where you're at at the quarterback position. You can get out of that contract. It's not one of these contracts where in four or five years you were totally screwed from a team standpoint. Marco, they didn't have proper management for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. The entire Gettleman regime was a you-know-what show. Yep. Every which way. I don't want to hear any of the apologists out there. It was hideous across the board. I think the Giants have people in place that know what they're doing. I think Joe Shane knows what he's doing. I think Brian Dable knows what he's doing. And Jones, I want to see how he can grow. He can't max out here now. He maxes out and plays the way he did, you know, for most of his career, and he's making $40 million. They're not going to be happy. Add more talent, see him grow, see him work with Brian Dable, and I think he'll have success. Last one for me, JJ. What is your – have you heard from Jones here? I mean, I know, like Marco was saying, you had him on your podcast. I know you were friendly with him, in is touch he, with him. Change paying agency. for the bachelor party? Yeah, exactly. Did he get the invite yeah, out not, there? Uh, I I think that'd be a little weird. I don't know. I, I feel like that might be a little bit of a conflict of interest. I, I will tell you this. He is on my to-do list to send a text to tomorrow. I did not. It's been on my mind. I wanted to wait a day or two, so I'm maybe spoiling the party a little bit. I will be sending our buddy a text tomorrow. Smart move. Uh, you got to wait a day. I've learned the hard way. You got to wait because, you know what, if I send him a text as soon as the contract comes out, you think he's seeing that text? I mean, let's, let's be real about this. He yeah. likes me. He doesn't like me that much. No. You know, he's not going to answer me over his coach or his agent or any of that sort of spiel. I, I had, figured we waited a day or two. We did what he needed to do. He gets the text from me tomorrow. Yeah, I had that same thing happen with Omar, JJ, our, our, our friend over at uh, SNY. Yeah, we had him on the shows. We'd become friendly with him. Mm-hmm. He was calling me, texting occasionally. Mm-hmm. He gets the job with the Yankees. I text him, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. Nothing back. That's it. Well, it could just be you, Seth. Wow, you got ghosted. I thought Omar and you were tight. Terry would never do that to you. No, no, but Terry and I are legit Terry tight. Never. No, Omar is now <laughs> traded. That's it. That. Omar's dead to me. He traded. Play- He's on the Yankees now. That's it. It's over. And he doesn't return my text. I don't know what's worse, well, being okay, on the Yankees or not returning my text. Advise Cashman that no way in the world uh, Hicks should be in left field, my cash should be in shortstop. <laughs> but anyway, I think. 
we appreciate the time. We'll get you under a baseball season and talk some Yanks, JJ. We appreciate the time. I'm back to my waterworks with this 30 for 30. I miss the old biggies. I'll see you guys. Thanks. Mark, always great hearing your voice. Take Later care, JJ. Out. Good to talk to you, man. John Jastrzemski, of course. Check out his podcast. Fleegs, you know, uh, just promote the exact name and where everybody can uh, find that. I didn't even uh, – I should have done that for JJ, the podcast. Yeah, New, New, York, York, New York, New York with John Jastrzemski, and he's also one of the hosts of the Ringer Gambling Show. Okay. I know he was recording that late tonight. Oh, yeah, right. That's what he was telling me before. That I'm bad with the names and stuff like that unless I have it written down, and I didn't. So that's why I was asking Fleegs right there. But always fun to talk with JJ. He is – He's a nut job, a certified nut job. You know when he enters the room at SMY. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, my God. Any room that he's in, you know he's there. (laughs) And then if he gets going, he's in a good mood, you get the strut. Oh, yeah. All right. The JJ strut, there's nothing better. Yeah, depending on the result of whatever bet was made uh, on that day. (laughs) And there will be a lot made later today with all this action picking up with the conference tournaments. Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.